This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, high school football, the negatives and the positives. If you're playing on a football team, your teammates have your back. It's nice to have that kind of backing and nice to feel that you're part of something. Concussions and camaraderie in high school football when Radio Health Journal returns. The biggest threat to your teen is parked in the driveway. Hi, I'm Debbie Herzman, president of the National Safety Council, and this is your Safety Minute. Car crashes are a number one killer of teens because they lack driving experience. I have three boys, and I know it's scary seeing your child at the wheel. Here are some ways that parents can make their teens better drivers. Practice driving with them for at least 30 minutes each week, even after they get their license. Drive the way you want your kids to drive. Minimize distractions, refrain from speeding, and always wear a seatbelt. Limit other kids in the car. A single young passenger can increase a teen's crash risk by 44%. And finally, set a driving curfew. Most fatal crashes occur between 9 p.m. and midnight. For more coaching tips, visit driveathome.org. Safety Minute is brought to you by the National Safety Council and Toyota. For most Americans, Friday night means the end of the work week and the beginning of the weekend. But in some towns, Friday nights in the fall mean only one thing, high school football. It seems like everybody in town has something to do with the local team. At the very least, according to New York Times bestselling sports writer Kostya Kennedy, they're all in the bleachers to cheer the team on. It can often be uh, around the culture of the town of the school. It's a place to show your school spirit, your town spirit. Now, in some towns, of course, this is much more prevalent than others. We know about Friday Night Lights in Texas and many other places, too. It's not true that every school has that kind of spirit. Actually, many don't. Most fall somewhere in between. They have a level of spirit where the town doesn't necessarily come to a halt and everybody goes to the game, but it becomes sort of a meeting place and a place where People can find something in common, and that's pulling for their team on a Friday night or Saturday afternoon. Kennedy had just about unlimited access to the New Rochelle New York High School football program for an entire season a couple of years ago. The result is the book Lasting Impact, One Team, One Season, What Happens When Our Sons Play Football. And he says that obviously some of the things that happen can be bad. The injuries are really too many to count, right? And some injuries are just simply not that significant. But about 11 or 12 kids will die on average each year playing high school football. Now, some of these are from heat exhaustion. Some might result from a prior heart condition or other existing condition, and others simply come from getting hit the wrong way on a play or for the second time in a game or any number of possibilities. However one looks at it, those numbers, both at the raw number and as a percentage of players, is much, much higher than any other sport. Injuries are the biggest reason many parents have doubts about letting their sons play football. Injuries come with the territory in a sport that's designed to be violent. In fact, Kennedy says a lot of players like football for that very reason. A lot of guys said to me also that, hey, it's a way where you can be aggressive legally. You're allowed to get your aggression out, and except for boxing, there's not a lot of ways that you can do that with this sort of imprimatur of it being okay. You can do that on a football field. It's inherently a violent game. It's inherently a game where people can get off some of their impulses, which can be a big thing for a young man. Concussions are the injury we've heard the most about the last few years, and he says he heard the concerns of many parents about them. 
High school players are twice as likely to sustain a concussion as college players, and if they're not treated, concussions can lead to a wide range of other problems later on, including depression, suicidal impulses, and dementia. But Kennedy says, especially in football, it's hard to know if someone's had a concussion or not. In other sports, such as hockey, soccer, usually when somebody suffers a blow that is concussive or potentially concussive, you, the observer, the coach, the person in the stand, the trainer on the side, can usually see that it has occurred. Somebody's fallen down or knocked heavily into someone on the other team. In football, you may see that on a big open field hit, but you also may not. There are many hits on many plays where a concussion blow occurred that nobody could have possibly seen, however well-intentioned they were from the outside. There's also so much going on at once away from the ball. So it's very hard to know for sure that a concussion has occurred. And by extension of that, you're reliant very heavily on self-reporting. Unfortunately, boys are unlikely to report they've taken a blow to the head and feel dizzy. So concussions are probably far more common than we know. If you're going to play four years of high school football, chances are you're going to get a concussion. It's not guaranteed, of course, but it's pretty likely you should expect to get one. Now, getting a concussion does not lead to the kind of brain injuries and things that we've seen on the NFL level and the exposure to CTE. Of course, it's never good to have any kind of head trauma, but many people could get a concussion falling off your bike or in any sport or whatever it might be. And if it's treated correctly, there's no reason why you can't heal and go ahead and be healthy and have no long-lasting effect. Kennedy says he saw some resentment among coaches that football's been vilified as a result of concussions. So does that mean our sons shouldn't play football? Kennedy says not necessarily. I think the biggest thing as a parent you really want to think about is who are the coaches and what is the environment? And can we trust at the least that the coaching staff and those around my kid, meaning even the other players to some extent, are going to be vigilant about trying to diagnose and trying to report and address these concussions. Nothing is fail-safe, but to me that's the biggest factor. If you don't feel comfortable for some reason that you have a coaching staff that is going to support finding out and addressing head injuries, then you have to really question whether you want to put your son in that environment. However, along with the risk comes the reward. Kennedy says being on the football team provides players with the kind of brotherhood that they might not have anywhere else. There's needling. Guys are kind of riding each other a little bit. But pretty much if you're playing on a football team, your teammates have your back. And if you play for a big school or something, it's nice to have that kind of backing and nice to feel that you're part of something. Kennedy says high school football also provides a huge helping of life lessons. It's incredibly collaborative and incredibly dependent upon one another. The necessity for doing your job to help your team is raised to an extra level in football. Listen, if you're playing baseball, say, and the left fielder drops a fly ball, it's not going to hit the right fielder in the face. But if you're playing football and you miss your assignment, well, the guy behind you is going to get flattened. If you do your assignment correctly, you're going to take that physical punishment. This is something that really builds a lot between two people and specifically between two young men. And I think that that sort of togetherness, family atmosphere that's born out of that kind of hard work together is a big part of the appeal for a player. Employers see the value, too. Surveys show they like to hire people who were football players in high school. So it's a balancing act to decide if a child should play. The most important thing, Kennedy says, is to look at the structure of the program to see if coaches are responsible. 
If parents are comfortable with that, there are lots of reasons to play. Kostya Kennedy invites you to find out more about the book Lasting Impact on his website, Kostya, that's K-O-S-T-Y-A, Kennedy.com, or through a link on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Medical Notes this week. Each flu season, you can't miss hearing that everyone should get a flu shot, but last year only 46% of us did, and the number is dropping. A report from the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows that last year, 1.5% fewer Americans got a flu shot than the year before. But among people over 50, the decline was more than 3%. Experts say that about 75% of people hospitalized as a result of the flu are over age 65. Scientists have apparently found something good about acne, but it comes years after most people have suffered through the teenage skin affliction. A study in the Journal of Investigative Dermatology shows that the skin of people who had acne ages more slowly than people who have been clear-skinned all their life. Researchers say acne sufferers have chromosomes that are more protected from breakdown, which comes with aging. And finally, if you're afflicted with kidney stones, try riding a roller coaster. A study in the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association finds that sitting in the back seat of a roller coaster has about a 70% success rate in getting people with kidney stones to pass them. Sitting in the first few cars is much less successful. Scientists even suggest that people prone to stones take a ride once a year for preventive maintenance. And that's Medical Notes this week. More in a moment. Everyone who exercises has their own motivation and goals, and Alabama resident Gay Rogers is no different. Gay's determination restored her ability to walk again after both a disease and infection threatened her life. Her fitness training gave her the strength and stability to walk and even use the elliptical with her prosthetic legs. An inspiration to millions, Gay was voted the winner of the 2016 Silver Sneakers Richard L. Swanson Inspiration Award. No matter what your motivation to exercise is, Silver Sneakers offers these tips. Find a workout partner to force you out of your comfort zone and keep you accountable. Create a new playlist of your favorite music. Try new things like a dance class, biking, or swimming to keep your workout fresh. And set a goal to keep you on track through any bumps in the road. Silver Sneakers has supported millions of individuals across the nation to do all of that and more. Silver Sneakers Fitness has a variety of offerings both in and out of the gym, from weights and yoga to hiking and dance, to help older Americans maximize their health and maintain their lifestyle. Find out more at silversneakers.com. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.